Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And there's a new way emerging to understand how to create your life with faster, more powerful results. Welcome to Speed Manifesting, and here's your show host and author, Lori Mitchell. Hello and welcome. It's great to be here, and I am thrilled that you're coming along this journey with me as I explore the topics in my next so we're really writing a book together, and that's pretty cool. That, that is a, that's a fun thing to do, but what I've realized is, is that it helps me to bring out the ideas before it gets written and to teach it in a way that people get it, and then I know that that's what needs to be written down and then shared further and further. And of course, with an audio, you get listen to this anytime, so... The book has already been written and you're listening and it's a companion to the book in that sense because we're literally exploring the ideas that are in it. So we're birthing the book together. Isn't that so cool? So the last episode was talking about the three degrees of belief that form our beliefs and how we as human beings form beliefs in our thought process. So it's useful for you to go back and listen to that or to understand at least from the original speed manifesting from the book, The Method, to to go back and understand just basically the three degrees of belief. But, but the, the, they are, and the first degree is your own experience. The second degree is in the experience of others that you know and that influence you. So they're actually real people in your life. And then the third degree of belief, which I've always said is the biggest issue in our world now as we're changing so fast, is old generational beliefs, dogma, beliefs that don't serve us anymore, that are a group-held belief that we all agree that it's true. And so we all live and behave inside of that kind of maze. And the maze, in the sense of the world as it is now, is it's crumbling and falling away, but we still keep insisting on living in it when we keep trying to live inside of beliefs about how life works that other people created that we don't even know. That The power of our own experience is, is wonderful because when we set a belief about how life is and we do it actively knowing that we can change a belief if we don't like the way the reality is showing up, then it means that we have control of our life. In, in, when I say control, I mean choice. I don't mean control of every aspect, but I do mean that what shows up we can choose or we can choose again for something else next. And that's where manifesting comes in, but it's a co-creation. So today, the topic that we're exploring and that we're, 
we're birthing is this idea of the delays in manifestation. And so it's how long does it take? How long does it take for whatever to show up? And I know that a lot of people that come to me and come to the work of speed manifesting are here because they're over it. They're overweighting. They're either impatient like me. That's why I created speed manifesting and started noticing the times when things did show up fast and I got all excited about how did I do that? And then I go back and research and watch and pay attention to when it did show up fast. And then there's the other part of basically just um, exploring it because and coming to this work because you're ready for it. You're just ready. So in terms of those three degrees of belief, what we're exploring is the delays and where the most delays are going to come from. And so it's always, from my point of view, it's always teaching you what to focus on that is missing in your manifesting method. So this isn't about paying attention to the negative things. It's about filling in gaps. And it's about accepting and living in the gap of time and the gap of incubation that is out of your control. So the speed manifesting method is kind of a paradox that things can show up incredibly fast and you are being more relaxed about it. You are more allowing it. So it, you come to the work wanting it fast, and yet the reality is that there are times when once you've done the method, you just have to let go, and you have to allow it to play itself out, whatever the current reality is in front of you. And I just want to mention about the second-degree beliefs, just so that you know that the that the the teaching of your own experience is absolutely brilliant, but gosh, isn't it so great to be able to learn from other people's mistakes without having to do them ourselves? So as we observe and realize cause and effect from others, they give us this great gift. And I can say that certainly, um, you know, for my parents, for anyone's parents, watching them and cause and effect what happens gave me that gift of I could see what could happen based on how they made this acted again and again and again. And certainly I am actually specifically talking about my father who was married 10 times. And I could see the patterns in his life. It was a great gift. His, his pain and his suffering was a great gift to me in that I set up some beliefs, and I mean conscious beliefs about the choices that I was going to make in my life as I became a young woman. And so, you know, one of the beliefs I had was not drinking alone and not drinking when I was uh, sad because he was an alcoholic, but also a belief that I was only ever going to be married once. And I consciously chose that belief. So for me, it was, there was no problem with divorce. I understood that sometimes People shouldn't stay together just because they're married. And so, and my mother's been married three times, so, and, and has had, the third marriage was really great for her. So, and my stepfather's now passed on, but, you know, he was the love of her life. And, and so, so I do understand about marriage. I didn't tie myself into it, but at the same time, it gave me a real 
intentionality about my choices in life as a as a young woman. And at the same time, being able to watch other people's experience, that was what gave me the gift of not having to go through it myself. So the first degree belief valid. The second degree belief valid. But you have to just check that whether or not somebody else gave you their beliefs and they're not valid anymore or they were valid in their life and with their circumstances but not with your values. But the third degree beliefs are where we absolutely just got to question them and really decide in, in our fast-moving world whether it, it even fits at all. So in terms of the delays, if you look at those three areas, it depends on where you're at in your life, but it could be that most of the delays in your life have to do with giving away authority. And so if you're in that space where you're always looking for credibility or authority before you accept someone else's, before you're willing to even look at someone else's point of view, then that authority that you're giving gives you more and more layers of beliefs around that third degree. And so therefore, when you can learn to move third degree beliefs out quickly, you'll find your manifestations will come quickly because that's what you've given the most power to is the third degree beliefs. So for instance, you don't trust anyone, you don't trust anyone but authority. When it comes to the second degree beliefs, the beliefs of your parents, even of your peers, of people that aren't necessarily authority, but they are people who you have a love connection with or a relationship with, or you have a sense of belongingness within that group. And if that's where you give the most focus on your beliefs, where, where a lot of your beliefs come from, then that's the area to look at old beliefs that you stored away that might not be serving you anymore. And then finally, and this is where when you start to become really free and you you might not have ever given credibility to authority, you might not have ever, if you're an individual, you might not have ever paid too much attention to what your friends were doing, you were your own free spirit, self-expression was really important to you. And so then in that case, the beliefs that might be holding you back most and the one to work on is your own self-belief, your experiential belief. Maybe then for you it's time to try something new and experience something new. Change where you live. You might change how you look at things based on reading more books about philosophy. So I'm trying to give you an idea of, of these three degrees of belief what to focus on because you, what you want is not everything fast, 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 but rather you want to be free and you want to be continually moving toward expanding the freedom in your life for manifesting. See, manifesting is not hard, but we make it so. The creative process is natural. I don't teach manifesting to children. I don't need to, with the exception of if they've been untaught how to daydream, how to how to believe in something automatically, 
that something is going to happen good, that their their anticipation, their expectations of awe and wonder and that great things are always coming and that life is fun, they don't need to be taught a creative method. However, once we start paying too much attention to what isn't and what we don't have and and watching perhaps people around us that we care about struggle, then we start to take on those beliefs automatically that life's hard, that life's a struggle, that whatever else it is. So, so bringing whatever degree into the focus of where is it you give the most power and, and, and what you'll find out of that is that you'll be able to start making things happen fast once you release some key beliefs around that particular area. And you can tell in terms of the ideas about the resistance you have to receiving and allowing more when you start looking at how your life is, what vibrations, what emotions come up on a typical day when you think of each of those three areas, beliefs around the world, beliefs around what other people tell you, what you've been taught, beliefs around yourself and who you are. When it comes to you've taken care of a lot of beliefs and you've done a lot of work on yourself in terms of beliefs, the key to start with, if you really want to just get to it, is self-acceptance, self-awareness, and finally giving back acceptance to the self that you are now. So who you are and who you've been. And that becomes self-love. But when I say self-love, people hear something different and it's all this external belief around <laughs> around selfishness and and around being big-headed. You can hear it as soon as I start saying. So how being afraid of self-love and being resistant to self-love comes from a fear that we've placed inside ourselves, regardless of whether someone else taught it to us or not. At some point, we made a decision that they were right or that it was best to listen to them about this. Whether it was you know, a parent telling us, don't be so big-headed or don't be so selfish or don't be so greedy or whatever else. When we heard that, we made a decision about loving ourselves about putting ourselves first in that sense, and yet that straight away we, we program ourselves after that that it's not okay to put ourselves first. And the reality is that in order to come from your own values, you must always put yourself first, and then after that, think of how the relationships in your life will be will be affected and put yourself in their shoes after that. So there's a balance between thinking of yourself first, which means coming from your own values about life, which means standing on your own principles, which means making decisions that are what's right for you, what feels right for you, 
and no one else can actually judge that. And then once you've done that, you can then decide how that's going to affect the other people in your life and how to work in with other people because it's really useful. We're here for relationships. We are for... Well, I personally don't think that we're here to sit on a mountain and, and meditate. Uh, I think that there are people who uh, who are choosing that, and I think that that might be a path for people to get to relationship. But in reality, the relationship with others and the relationship with ourselves is part and parcel of why we're here. But when we start with our relationship with ourselves, it means that we have more to give for others. So those who do a lot of personal development and do a lot of work on themselves, they can't carry anyone else until they're really strong for themselves. So fill up your own cup first, and then the fountain will be overflowing for you to feed and water and nurture others around you. And you will never go empty that way. And at the same time, always fill your own cup first. And people may not understand that you just don't have any more to give. They may expect that that you should give, but you have to be comfortable about wherever you're at. So look at it from that point of view and then look at what the what the general belief might be in your life. So when you talk about which area should you take care of, well, look at a recurring theme. Look at, for instance, money. I had someone that I was working with the other day, and just starting to work with them, the issue of money was coming up so much that even paying rent wasn't, was becoming a, a recurring issue. And this person was had had enough, really, but had had enough a long time ago. And it started to get better, but then it came back to the same old, same old. So if you have some sort of an issue that is recurring, that's the, the one to pay attention to because that issue is supported by the And when you start to narrow it down, it becomes a can of worms. If, there's, if, if it's not a simple belief like I have to work hard or um, or something like I can't make money doing what I love. And I say it's simple because it's clear that that there are ways to handle that once you recognize and become aware of that's my belief. Okay, what would I do differently? Well, I'd start thinking more about relaxing and enjoying work as well as as working diligently. So you move your words around and you change a belief. But with this person, what it came down to was being able to to have this journey of unfolding her soul. I, I could see it. She didn't tell me this, but I could see it was about a whole self-expression that she has to go through, asking for help, not being so independent. And at the same time, what we can do, because we are these magical beings with choice, what we can do is look at our thoughts, our beliefs, our thought structures and say, do I want that to be true? And if you don't want it to be true anymore, then you can find a way. Well, from that awareness, you can find a way to change the belief. And so what comes down to, if, if there's something in self 
and self-awareness and self-acceptance, then you can take the issue or the tapestry that keeps coming up and coming up in your life and say to life itself, okay, I am deciding that I'm taking money out of that set of beliefs completely. I am deciding that I am untangling money as a belief from separate from all of that journey that I have to, that I have to honor and have to go through and it's part of my soul purpose, it's part of my development and my self-development is that. And thank you very much. I'd like to separate the whole issue of money from that and have it not be an issue. Have the money flow and I still accept that my life's going to be the same as it was. I'm just going to have a different kind of experience with money. The money will be outside of my soul journey. Isn't that so powerful when you can stop and question your beliefs, but take them apart from whatever it is so that the beliefs you set up around self, around others, around worldviews can be handled quite consciously and in choice. And then you do the work around that. But the place to start is to accept what is and look at if someone was to create this recurring theme, what would they have to believe? What would they have to believe? And, and when you start answering those questions, they would have to believe you know, whatever else it is for you. So, for instance, if, another example, if you had a recurring issue around falling in love and having a great long-term relationship and being fully supported, if, if that is an issue, then again, go to something like relationships or self-love and look at if someone was to have the circumstances that you happen to have recurring, what would they have to believe? And you could just guess, but your subconscious will feed you the right answers, but you could just guess, you know, I'm not lovable or I don't deserve it or this was quite shocking to me when I I heard someone suggest this, um, that men are, and then some derogatory term, that all men are whatever. I guess you could put the word mean in there, but not true. It's just that we somehow have decided that and then everybody else puts their beliefs into it as well and feeds it and so it reinforces it. So if you do come up with any of those, the question is, is that serving you? Is that belief serving you? And do you really want it to be true inside of this desire to have a long-term loving and supportive relationship? Because maybe then it is about, well, how are you If you believe that, then in order to have that be true or in order for someone to have that be true, you'd have to behave a certain way to make sure that every man fulfilled that or every, you know, woman fulfilled that. I think sometimes, you know, and because I'm a woman, when I hear the guys say how much they've been hurt and how much women are so mean and they take their money and they, you know, do this, it's like it's been a recurring theme. And yet I think, gosh... Those are human frailties, not just woman frailties. And so, you know, guys, just be careful with that in terms of 
if you really think that that's true, that women are like that, and that there's an exception every once in a while, you won't find the exception unless you start working on it's a belief. That's all it is. And I remember working with someone who had a woman who wouldn't... um, who wouldn't be in relationship with them because of because she wanted to be taken care of in a particular way financially. And I was thinking, because I've been raised so independently, raised by a, a, a single mom who who taught us, you know, to be independent and to never necessarily depend on anyone, um, that, that it's important to stand on your own two feet. And she lived that. She she lived it. She wouldn't take any welfare payments or unemployment payments. She just found a way to, to she found jobs and extra jobs. And sure, it was family help as well. But at the same time, having had that background, it just doesn't even occur to me. To And as a matter of fact, for a long, long time, I found it very hard to accept help, financial help for my husband, you know, or just financial support or it was a big deal for me to ask for money to, because he had a savings account when we first came together and I wanted to start a computer supplies business. And I had to, it was a big deal for me to ask to borrow money. And I had it paid off within three months to start the company. I had it paid off really, really quickly. But, you know, he was, it wasn't a big deal to him. It's, it was to me. So, guys, I think if there, and I think women as well, if you've been hurt before, and, you, and it's a recurring theme, where's the common denominator there? You think it's all men or all women, but you're the common denominator. And when, as soon as you take responsibility for that, you empower yourself. It's not blame. You empower yourself by allowing for just a, a little twinkle of light in there to say, maybe I could have a new belief about that. And... And then maybe, in, so we can't just say, oh, well, they, these, I can forgive all these people that were in my life that did that to me. Well, that, that's very useful. But if forgiving them means diminishing you and your experience, it's not going to work. Your beliefs aren't like that. Your beliefs are there to protect you. Not to hold you back, but to hold you safe. And so, so when you look at a circumstance, just try to sidestep it at first. It's a really useful technique, and we'll be covering that in, as we unfold the topics more about how to really work with beliefs. But the basic and general way of looking at a belief and changing it is not necessarily confronting it. It's sidestepping with it. It's having a little dance with it. It's a lot easier to to change a habit or change a belief uh, that is not serving you anymore into one that is by just giving it, a, by keeping it there, but giving it a slightly different perspective. So the rule remains, but you add something to it that enhances it and, and, and encourages it. So for instance, um, if, you, if, if the relationship issues might be from some perspective on the opposite sex, then you could actually dismantle the perception from the opposite sex into that that's a bad human trait, that that is people behaving badly, not women behaving badly or men behaving badly. And I'm not saying let down your guard and be hurt by people, 
that's quite the opposite of what we're doing when we look at the beliefs to say, you're wiser. Your experience is incredibly important. And when you can take the resistance to relationships and to long-term relationships, when you take the resistance away from from the from being with someone else in that particular gender, well, it empowers you to then open up for not just allowing someone into your life that doesn't have those personal human characteristics, those personalities that are so offensive to you, but that you will not be someone who pushes someone else to that. And you know, we can do that. We we can make the other person who never was that into that because we need to have that because to prove ourselves right, to prove life right, to be in the security of our beliefs, we sometimes behave in a way that eventually other people end up being that way to us. And I'm not saying that, that you did that, but I, but I absolutely know that it's really important to change the belief in order to have a, a new theme in your life, in order to to have the, the recurring theme quiet down. So so be aware of that that belief as you start to move into something and then shift it. And so the three stages of transformation are awareness, change, and then follow through. So in a moment you can choose a different way of being or you can choose to accept or yourself or others or you can choose a new belief thought form even if you've got that consciously up. So even if your behaviors, if you're aware of your behavior, the next step is to be aware of the thought that feeds that behavior because the thought creates an emotion and a, a chemical reaction that will then feed the same scenario. And so once you do that again and again, the follow-through is to do it again and then to do it again and to, until it finally becomes a new habit and a new habit is a new thought form and a new thought form is a new belief. It doesn't have to be throwing out the old belief. You can sidestep with it and then move it into a slightly different belief which is much more accepting, much less resistant to your subconscious and move into well, it makes sense that it's not that all people, you know, that all men are this or that all women are that, but that some people have bad values that don't, that are, that are not absolutely what you want anymore. So that's just people. And then you start moving into something else, like you know, there's someone there for me. I'm willing. I'm open. So. Thank you very much for listening today. I encourage you to accept what is and to look forward to more with hope and optimism for your life and to create a belief that says hope and optimism for my life and just feel that every time you get challenged, hope and optimism for my life. Be free. If you'd like to learn more about speed manifesting, there are three ways, either reading the book on Amazon or learning my online course or joining in with a personal or group event. My website is speedmanifesting.com and my name is Lori Mitchell. Thank you for joining us. Bless you. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.